Now, did you know that uh, by the end of 2018, the full version of the Bible had been translated into 683 languages? Um, I'd, I'd say it'd be a little bit more now, uh, but we'll, we'll take it 2018. It's the only record I could, I, I could pick up. But um, one verse has been translated into more than 1,100 languages. If you're thinking John 3.16... You are correct. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What a wonderful verse. 1100 languages. There is nothing so immeasurable than God's love. There is nothing more enduring and everlasting than God's love. And there is nothing more important than knowing God's love. Because God is love. Do we really understand what that means? God is love. It is one of the best known biblical definitions of God. 1 John 4, 7-10 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who love, who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. In human contexts, love can cover a considerable variety of attitudes and actions. Um, I can say, uh, I love going to the beach. Or back in the old days, there used to be stickers on the bumpers that used to say, love is a German shepherd. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) But... um, But love can mean different things to different people from a humanity point of view. Um, But here in these verses, this is love. He sent his one and only son into the world. And that he sent his son as a payment for our sins. And in verse 7, love comes from God. John writes that everyone who has been born of God knows God and knows how to love because God is love. And if we know him, we can love one another through Jesus. So God gives us the ability to love because that love is channeled through his son Jesus. In his essential nature and in all his actions, God is a loving God. John affirms to us in the, in the gospel that God is spirit and God is light. They're all good things, as well as being holy, righteous, true, faithful and just, as we just heard Evan read in Psalm 33. God's love is expressed through the Trinity. Um, this is from uh, uh, Know the Truth for, from uh, Bruce Mill. He says, the Father is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son. The son is love, 
the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, writes Paul in Galatians 2.20, and the Spirit is love. Paul again in Romans 15 verse 30, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. And also in Galatians 5.22, the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc., Now, the love of God in a Greek is agape love. The common Greek term for love is eros, which speaks of a love relating to a worthy object. But agape love is a love for the unworthy, for the one who has forfeited all right to the lover's devotion. It is difficult to love the unlovable. It is difficult to love someone who continually lets you down or perhaps doesn't love you at all. Yet, we see God's agape love for the people of Israel through Exodus, through Israel's history and even when they were unfaithful as told by the prophet Hosea symbolically for the love he had for his unfaithful wife. Love is unconditional. 1 John 4.19 in the New King James Version says this, We love him because he loved us first. God's love for us is not in any way influenced by anything we say or anything we do. God loves us. There is nothing we can do to make him love us more and there is nothing we can do to make him love us less. Remember, he sacrificed his son for us. It's the greatest of all loves. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 8 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves but it is the gift of God. Nothing about us makes God love us. You know, uh, maybe sometimes as parents we may ever so slightly favour one child over another. But I can tell you it is dangerous and it comes with consequences that will certainly imbalance the family dynamics. You see, in God's sight, we are all equal. Romans 3, 10 to 12 says this, There is no one righteous not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. The love of God is always bound up in grace a stooping down to embrace the worthless. His love 
is free, unconstrained decision to rescue sinful men and women in Jesus Christ and to renew and sanctify them in the Holy Spirit. It's a love beyond our understanding. A minister met in his office with one of the members of the congregation who was having some spiritual difficulties. As the member entered, the minister asked, What is your difficulty? The man answered, My my difficulty is in the ninth chapter of Romans where it says, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Yes, said the minister, it is a difficult verse. But which part of the verse is difficult for you? The latter part, of course, said the member, I cannot understand why God would hate Esau. The minister replied, the verse is a tough one, but my difficulty has always been with the first part of the verse. I never could understand how God could love that wily, deceitful, scheming scoundrel of Jacob. The love of God is expressed in the redemption of sinners in mercy, pardoning people's transgressions. You know, it doesn't matter what your life has been like, God still loves you. And how much do you love God? Jeremiah 31.3 says this, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn with loving, and I have drawn you with loving kindness. You know, this is one of the verses that I use to pray for not only my kids who don't come to church anymore, but for some of the kids of the families in this congregation that no longer come to church. I love it when it says, I have drawn you with loving kindness, and I'm sure that God continues to draw people to himself. You know, God never stops loving. God's love is unending. It's eternal and it's forgiving. Peter denied being a denied being a follower of Jesus and cursed himself. Yet God still loved him and turned his life around. John Mark quit and turned back in the middle of a missionary journey. But Christ still loved him and he became a great help in the church for the Apostle Paul. David committed adultery and murder, yet God still loved him. I'm not suggesting here that we commit sins against God's love, because Jesus tells us, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And what should we say about the wavering mind and the will of the people of Israel? who being God's chosen, continued through history to be obstinate in their relationship with God, yet God still loved them dearly and constantly delivered them from their troubles, troubles that they themselves got themselves into. Today, God has chosen you. 
Look what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 to 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in one in the one he loves. A senior lady in the church was listening to some preachers who were discussing the doctrine of predestination. She said, ah, I have long settled that point. If God had not chosen me before I was born, he would have seen nothing in me to have chosen me afterwards. God does not love us because we are valuable. Rather, we are valuable because God has chosen us and God loves us. God's love to us is from eternity with no ending and no beginning. Now, when you're young, you, uh, you do some crazy things. I'm not allowed to lose this. But um, you're excited when you're in love with someone, right? So I remember the first piece of jewellery I actually gave to my wife, and I still have it here. So oh, she gave it back to me just to show you. Um, but uh, it's funny, I was having an argument with the guy who was to write on the back of it, love forever. And the guy argued with me, he said, forever? He said, no, mate. He said, that's a long time, mate. You can't love someone forever. And I said, well, look, maybe not. And he's going, why don't you just write I love you or love for now? And I said, no, 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 I want you to write Love Forever. He was pretty reluctant. He, he didn't want to write it. But anyway, here it is. It's written here. It's on the back of this. pretty small. It's a bracelet. But I insisted that he write that. But my reason to write Love Forever was based on commitment. I wanted to express my loyalty to my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife then, but to become my wife later. So that's what you do, isn't it? Much of the Bible's teaching on God's love is centred around the notion of a covenant or commitment. It refers to God's love expressed in his entering into relationship with people. The central Old Testament covenant was with Abraham and reaches its fulfilment in the new covenant with Christ in the New Testament. By this, God freely commits himself to deliver his people and to remain their God. Now the Hebrew word for grace is shesed. I think I'm saying that right, shesed or hesed, and is a covenant term implying loyal love or steadfast love. This aspect of the love of God is the Christian's ultimate security because it comes from God to us, not from us to God. If we are faithless, God remains faithful. What a reassurance, eh? Such is God's love. Our standing with God doesn't depend on our grasp upon Christ, neither is it adequate by our half-hearted responses. No. God's almighty heart beats for us, and in that fact we find our final security and peace. God's love for us is unchangeable. Malachi 3.6 says this, 
I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. God remains faithful to his covenant. We cannot love like God loves. Just before Christmas, uh, I gathered with my brother and my sister and their spouses for lunch and um, we spoke about some cousins and some friends that uh, we'd caught up with, perhaps maybe who, who of the cousins and that we'd caught up with and how they were going. And, you know, I, I was pretty saddened to hear that several, several of them who had made that commitment of marriage were no longer together. They had made that covenant of love to one another and now they had broken up. Now, for me personally, I, I'm really saddened by that. I don't like hearing things like that, but it does happen. God's love's not like that. You know, it's sad that a lot of marriages break up and they blame the wind of change. But God's love never changes. One day, Charles Spurgeon was walking through the English countryside with a friend when he noticed the barn with a weather vane on its roof. At the top of the vane were inscribed the words, God is love. Spurgeon remarked to his companion that he thought that this was a rather inappropriate place for such a message. He said, weather vanes are changeable. He said, but God's love is constant. I don't agree with you about those words, Charles, replied his friend. You're missing the point. That sign is indicating a truth. Regardless of which way the wind blows, God is still loving you. And God is still love. If only we could love like that. Let me read Psalm 33, verse 4 to 6 again. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. God's love is uncompromising. God's love never conflicts with his holiness. God's standard of righteousness does not change. And his love for you is demonstrated in Romans 5.8. While we were still sinners, sinners, Christ died for us. When we look at through Psalm 136, we can see why God, God's love endures forever. It is a psalm of praise to the Lord as creator and as Israel's redeemer. And he is our creator and our redeemer too. We have much to be thankful for with the opening verses calling to praise. He is God over all other gods. You know, no matter what our interests are, we can be sometimes obsessed with stuff. God is to be first. He is our creator. He chooses us and protects us. He leads and guides us in the way we should go. Micah Chapter 6 and verse 3 to 5 says this, My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. And then down to verse 5, Remember your journey from Shittim to Galgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. 
He defends against the enemy and he showers us with blessings. And Isaiah 43:25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. The love of God displayed in Christ Jesus with his arms extended on the cross welcomes all to come to him, delivering us from eternal damnation. The consequences of ignoring and rejecting God's love are awful. In the book written by Joni Erickson Tater and Stephen Estes, the title When God Weeps, Joni, if you don't know, Joni was the, uh, the girl that became a quadriplegic after a water accident in 1967 and Stephen pretty much became her mentor. He's a senior pastor at um, the Community Evangelical Free Church in Elveston, Pennsylvania. I don't know him, but that's what it said. The two of them probe the answers that fail us in our deepest need. Working through the book, they reveal a God that understands our suffering, is wise enough to allow it, and powerful enough to use it for a greater good than we can ever imagine. And the book concludes with the following question statement. Such love you cannot ignore. You cannot sit on the fence or leave it till later. No, love like this begs a response. This God of love controls the circumstances that touch the lives of those who love him. God will chasten all he loves, like a father punishes and corrects his children. He does so because he loves them. And let me finish with this. In 1 Corinthians 21, David took a census of Israel against God's will. God sent a plague on them and 70,000 men fell dead. But this grieved God, so he cuts short the punishment. Why? Because God loves. We can read through the book of Judges to see God's love and the remarkable methods he uses to deliver his people who continue to do that which was right in their own eyes and not what the Lord required. You know, God, God's love is fully 100%. How do I know this? Perhaps the best example for me is the parable of the lost sheep. The farmer has a hundred sheep and one wanders away. He will leave the 99 and go and look and search for the missing sheep. And when he finds it, Jesus says, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than the 99 that didn't wander off. God is always searching for the lost. If you're feeling like that lost sheep today that has wandered off or you're not quite right with God, maybe you can come and talk to me afterwards or talk to one of the elders here today and experience God's love.
Remember this, and it can't be said any simpler. God loves you. Let me pray. Father, we we want to thank you for your great love for us, which is immeasurable, everlasting and faithful. A love shown in the sacrifice of your one and only son, Jesus, for us, so that we may live. We are thankful for your love, which is unchanging, that it doesn't depend on our circumstances, but rather forgiving our failures and disappointments. We thank you for your great mercy and compassion, that nothing can come between us and your love, and that as we experience your love, that we too can love others like you have loved us. Part us with your blessing now as we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.